Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah. And here we here go. Are, yes. Woo, 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 woo. Thursday, three days to game day. Welcome to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. We're talking Ravens and Browns. A lot to get to. Thursday just crept right up on us, didn't it? it We're going to pretend that there's trash talking by the Ravens. Yeah. Not wasn't, trash talk. You know trash talk when you see it. Yeah. We'll get into that. That was not trash talk. By the way, before you get into anything else, Jay, I've got two complaints I've got to share with you. Okay? Shoot them. Number one, we've we've it's, it's been a big ongoing issue here at the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, the tainted water. This has been a continuing problem. Are we still drinking it? And Anthony said, well, we got a new case of water. Check it out. Tell me what you think. It was even worse. That's from my crib. It tasted oh, even yours? worse. No, mine's right here, but I bought oh, an extra. Now, I, now we got to bring our own. We got to pay for our own water. What's happening here? Yeah, some of this water <laughs> that you can get at the grocery store yeah. was like, you know, a dollar for a pallet. Yeah. It's tap water, I'm telling you. <laughs> it probably is, but this tap water is polluted. I don't know what that tap. Bull, I do apologize for lying to you. The yeah. one bottle I pulled out of it tasted yeah. fine. For like the first three sips, so I, I thought it was okay. I don't know; it's gross. And second, I got—I I don't know if anybody thinks about this, but me. But we have a, a, an epidemic Uh-oh. of people who are inappropriate parkers in many ways. <laughs> but I want to talk about one specific type of inappropriate parker. When you park in a garage, like we park here in a garage here at, at the TV studio, whenever or or outdoor, indoor doesn't matter. You go to yeah. a mall, whatever it is. When you park, guys, do you make sure? That A, you have enough room to get out of your car. Absolutely, you and better. And B, that the people, that the person next to you has room to get out of the car so they eat, have room to be nice and they don't smash into your car trying to get in. Yeah, I mean, that's a karma repay. People, I, I don't know, listen, I get it. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm <laughs> fatter than the average person. <laughs> so I'm so thinking though. about this more than much. Right, yeah, I need like, a little more a, space than a typical person. Right there. But, but there Jeep Bush, you need room to get out. You're a large too. human being. So there's, you got you to get skinny. You got to get. <laughs> but you know what? There's just so skinny you can get. You got to be flexible. <laughs> there are times when, I, I cu- there's been a couple of times where I get at them, I you know, come back to my car, and the person parked next to me, let me like two inches. So then do you dry, get in the passenger seat and I climb over? I can't do that. You can't. <laughs> I'm not flexible enough. So is there, have you ever been in a spot where you just couldn't get in your car? And you just uh, sat there and waited Fortunately, <laughs> the only time that has happened, there was twice that that's happened. Yeah. Fortunately, my wife was with me. And she So could. she gets in the car, backs up the car, <laughs> and then funny. I get in and drive. That's like, funny. I always make sure that the person on both sides of me, especially if somebody else backed in or whatever, that they can get into their car without a problem. Yeah. Now, I've been stuck a time or two where there's one spot, and the guy who's parked on either yeah. my left or right is on the line or over it. That happens. Now, what are you going to do? You've got to get in spot. there. It's the only spot. That is a tough spot. There are circumstances, but most of the times, yeah. that's not the case. And here's the thing. Yeah. If you don't want a door ding... Don't do that. That's right. Because I've seen people intentionally getting into their car when there's a very limited amount of space. That's right. Boom. Fling that door open right. and ding the heck out of the other car that's door. That's right. And because you that's can, you got a Jay, you got a nice car. Jay's got the a fancy car. You, you know, Jason spent a million dollars on his car. <laughs> well, you don't want that. The person next to you might have some trashy car from 1986. Right. And they don't care. And they're smashing into you. They yeah, don't they don't care. No.
All right, so be kind to your fellow man. That's right. That's Think all I'm before saying. you park, people. Yes. This public very service simple. announcement brought to you by the Ultimate Cleveland Sports. Yes, Show. absolutely. Aditi's here. Yes. We've got the Ravens beat writer from the Athletic here. We're going behind enemy lines. We do it every week. Yeah. We want to find out what's going on with this club. No better way to do it than to get a beat writer on. Yeah. Tito's farewell last night. Not sure you could have scripted it any better. I'm really not. No, no, that was good. It came down to a very, very close and late call that would have had the tying run in scoring position with one out. The call was, the call that was made on the field was upheld. Not sure it should have been, but it worked out well for Tito and his farewell was just fantastic. We'll talk about that and so much more on today's Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. But first, our very first hello and good day to Mikey McNuggets. What's up, guys? How you it is doing, a buddy? beautiful Thursday. The week has flown by. Wow. That's what happens when you win on Monday. The rest of the week flies. Is that, if you is lose that the on case? Sunday, so. or Sunday, excuse me, not Monday. If you lose on Sunday, the week drags. When you win, it flies. Yeah, I that know this correct. one has flown by. I was like, I thought it was yeah. Wednesday, dog. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree with that. Tomorrow we're on Channel 3 again, guys. We, we are. We are back and. It is a good time to remind the people that if you have a chance, do us a favor. Check us out on Channel 3 tomorrow at 1230. The last half hour of the show is 30 minutes of never-before-seen Browns-Ravens preview content. You can only find that on Channel 3 WKYC. We have moved up for half an hour a week from the YouTube realm to the linear TV realm, and we're in the homes of upwards of 2 million people potentially. So if you're one of those 2 million with cable, Turn on Channel 3 tomorrow at 12.30. Can I make a recommendation to, uh, to Ant? Please. If we go back to that graphic, those four people, and of course the McNugget, those four people are the happiest people you'd ever want to see or meet. <laughs> but we need a smiley face on that chicken nugget. That's true, right? Because he's kind of bringing the vibe down. No, a hold bit. on, hold on. I'm gonna bring you behind the scenes real quick. Okay, no, Anthony, don't do not put this on. Do not put this on TV. <laughs> Please let me put it on. No, 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 no. Put it on. Put it on. Do it. Put it on. Let me say. Put it on. We're not gonna stop, Mikey. We got. Hey, We'll show it. But here's the truth. Y'all going to have two new co-producers tomorrow. Ant, do it. <laughs> Here's the truth. When we showed the graphic that Anthony made, Steve, you take the, the graphic ball. We showed this upstairs. Uh, the suits upstairs were like, I think we should superimpose Mike onto the chicken nugget. Oh, and my I was like, God. No. That would be outstanding. Like yeah. Gumby. I was like, no, that's going to oh, look wow. terrible. And they great. said, no, let's see it. So yeah. Anthony made a mock Oh, we've got to see. we got to see. Oh, yes, it was her. No, it's no, we've got to see. Mike, come on. You, the, what are you kidding me? The audience I'm wants to see this. You have to put that up. So we will because Anthony has to export. This is a tease. <laughs> By if the way. You if stick you... around to the 12 o'clock hour of the show, we will show you as McNugget. That's a great tease. By the way, another thing on that real quick. Go back to the graphic one more time. If you look at it really quickly. It almost looks like Jay and I are arm in arm. I know it does. It does. I said that one day when you were gone. Oh, you did. I said, look at this kumbaya group. Bull and I are arm in arm. And Jason looks like he just won the lottery. And Jason's never happy. He's hey, never he's very rarely happy. A man should never have his mouth that wide open ever in his life. Okay, so I just... Now you're looking at it. Hold on. Now you're looking at it. Stop. Do not look... Steve Becker, we're going to put this up. Don't text it to him. He already did. Don't look at your phone. Don't Steve texted you the picture. I want live reactions when we show okay. it to the audience later. But do we not, are going to do this in the noon hour. I promise you we'll do this. Steve texted oh, you. Steve, wait. come on. Don't go over my head. I'm I know you're my, my EP, phone but don't go over so my head. Turning my phone over. Did yeah, you hear that power struggle off. back there behind the glass? <laughs> <laughs> he just said, Steve, come on. Don't go over my head. I'm That's right. 
Steve, nah, I know you're my boss, Steve, but this is one time where you gotta you gotta build up the drama. We'll show it. No, that's a great idea for yeah. a tease. Yeah. Stick around until twelve o'clock if you want to see the McNugget Gumby. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Gumby had that slope. No, listen. I think we should have a segment. I think we should have a segment where. We actually put Mike's talking face oh. inside a McNugget, oh, and he my. can talk with the McNugget around him. Gumby was riding that horse, Davy, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Davy! Remember when Eddie Murphy played Gumby? Oh my God! That's it was one best. of the greatest <laughs> SNL skits ever. Most of our audience is too young Clueless. to remember yeah, it, so yeah, right. YouTube it, Google it. It's oh, awesome. God. Okay, uh, we ready to dive in? Let's do it. <laughs> Okay, Ro- Roquan Smith said something yesterday that I have to admit I read the text of. Of course. Before I saw the soundbite. Right. And this is a class to me, a classic example yep. of when you read that text, the tops of my ears were getting hot. Yeah. And then I watched it and I'm like, wow, the delivery was friendly. Yeah, right. And, you know, it he was, was actually very complimentary of the Browns. Yeah. And so I, I, we can play it, right, Mike? Yeah. We can play it. We had to do a little loophole to get. It on screen, but yeah, we could play. It. Okay, so let, let's, let's, play let's hear it the so sound. Our audience from can hear if they have it. What Roquan, Roquan Smith, Smith. We have three sound bites. This is the first one. This is the one that had the quote get taken out of and went viral yesterday on okay. Twitter. So okay. this is the full sound bite from Roquan Smith. You're considered a bad guy because you're going into essentially another man's house and you're trying to take over, like his wife, kids, everyone there to watch them. So you're going over to beat their tails in front of their wife and kids. So when you think about it from that perspective, like any man's going to, you know, fight to the death at that point. I know if that's me in that case, I know I would. So I saw wife and kids beat their tails and I'm like, whoa. I thought home invasion. I said, this dude done tied my wife. (laughs) And my kids up. I got an apple in little Susie's mouth, and she's over there right. with her arms. I, that's that. You, any person be like, oh, listen, you done went too far. You done went too far. And then you, and heard then that. you hear it. And it was like, yeah. that was so hard. And he was, if, when you see the video too, he's like smiling. He's like, hey, listen, they're a physical team. <laughs> I don't know that I'd ever team. seen him speak before. Ever. Yeah. I didn't recognize him. I didn't I either. Him. I, didn't I mean, know we was. know him by name, and we know right. his prowess on the football field. But yeah. when I saw him, I'm like, not sure I could have picked him out, number one. Number two, pleasant demeanor. None of it was ill-intended at all. And he had number 18 on. I didn't know quite who that was. I know. It's I just, was like, oh. Well, when we first saw it, I saw Earl's tweet. Like, I don't remember exactly what Earl said, but he was basically like, won't these guys learn about talking trash? And then I watched the whole thing, and I was like, I don't see how this is talking trash. It's not even approaching the trash talk scale. Yeah. Right. Because to me, trash talk is... Saying something derogatory about your opponent. That's right. And I don't, you know, what he said was, hey, we're going into their house trying to beat them in front of their wife and kids. They're going to fight to the death. That's I right. I know I would. And so they it's actually want, a compliment. Want, and he said, every teams want to do it to us when they come to us. Yeah. And, and uh, he also said, they're a really physical football team. We love that. You know, yes. so like. I thought it was complimentary. There was no insult there. No, so on the the trash talk scale, 1 to 10, I think it's a 0. I don't even think it qualifies. Mm, Yeah. I mean, I agree. Do you disagree, G? When I read the text, Uh, I was was pretty hot. And then I watched it, and I'm like, oh. That's kind of friendly. Like that's that's that. There's nothing to that. At Earl, all. you put the tweet out originally. After, do you want to? Do you still think it's trash talk? No, I just I, I think my tweet said that he lost his damn mind. Lol, right. and I was laughing. It ain't like high level trash talk, man. But I don't know. I'm a father. Like anybody tell me they gonna beat me in front of my wife and my kids. Like I'm gonna make sure you don't. 
So right. he put it out there for bulletin board material. Hey, listen. I think that's the proper term. I wouldn't consider it yeah. necessary trash talk. Whatever you need, right? If the Browns want to take it and run with sure. it, bulletin board material, yeah. so be it. Yeah, if they need that um, to get them excited, but they don't. It's their arch rival in the division. One of their arch right. rivals. It's a division game. It's for first place. Yeah. So, so yeah, they want to go win. So it, that, that wasn't no good one, man. If they, all you need to do is if you want to find a little, um, you want to get you a little, I, I guess, bulletin board material. That wasn't it. That we were looking for. But I can sure find you some. Because this is uh, what, uh, you know. Well, Jamar Chase was. Jamar Chase. John Harbaugh, John Harbaugh just a little bit of time ago was being spicy. He Ooh. said, um, I respect what Steve Bashotti and former team president uh, Dick Cash created here almost 10 years ago, Harbaugh said. Basically, we have kind of a zero tolerance policy. You, uh, you have to know the truth and you have to try to understand the circumstances, but we've stayed away from that particular situation. Oh, this was a while ago. Yeah. That's a year and a half that's, ago. That's when they went to get so to how, Sean Watson. What's the, what's the, uh, the length of trash the, talk the, counting? The statute of limitations yeah. is only enough. If, if you can pull it up still, if you can print it out. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Yeah. Of the six games that Deshaun played last year, were one of them against the Ravens? Yep, yes. one of them. Okay, won. then I think the statute of limitations has expired. Well, but, now let me ask you this. When the Browns, when, after Jamar Chase talked trash, right. Browns kicked their ass, Yeah. and then the Browns talked trash after the game about Jamar Chase talking. That's applicable for their next Does, meeting. Do the Bengals if get they to, want to. Is, do they get to use that as bulletin board material? I, I don't know that there are any international laws for length of bulletin board quotes, but I would say yes. It, Even it, though they were responding to trash talk, right? If they don't clip what the Browns said about them and plaster yeah. it all over their bulletin board, they're silly. They should. Well, to me, there, there's no statute of limitations for the Browns or the Ravens because the Ravens used to be the Browns. So first of all, they took your took your name and your colors. Yep. Second of all, we didn't take our colors. What? Well, well, or I mean, our names? Well, well, they stripped they stripped you of it, and you they left those here. They took our team. They, they took, took your the team, squad, the players, and yeah. they left the stuff behind that and, they didn't want. And yes. then had the nerve to win a Super Bowl four years later, and at, two in total, right? Yes. In two total. Now that's already fighting words right there. Yes. Then on top of that. They took your guy, Ozzie Smith, or excuse me, Ozzie Newsom, who was one of your Hall of Famers, the only one we had. And then you, he t- they turned him into the GM of the year, of the century. Yeah. And all he did is draft player after player after Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer. And then he retires as a Raven. And then we sit here, we can't even find a quarterback. We, we no. whiffed on all them picks. And then finally. So that's not yeah. trash talk. That's just rivalry stuff. And then finally, finally you get to a point where now – you feel you have a quarterback. You, you, we watched Joe Flacco beat the brakes off of us, right? Because Flacco had just as much of a, uh, of a of a winning record against the Browns as, as, as Ben Roethlisberger. Then we're like, okay, we finally here. Maybe we can draft somebody. We go to the draft. We get Baker. They get Lamar Jackson, and they win that little uh, they win that little a little dance. So they've got the one up on everything we got today. No, it's different. We're going to use everything they say. We're going to take that, – That's yeah. fair. We're going to act like it's 1995. I think yeah. especially for Deshaun Watson because that comment was thrown directly at his character. 100%. Yes. They were saying, you want to go down in the mud and sign a player like that? Yeah. That's you. We don't do that. Don't. And the other thing, you have to remember, they were probably one of the most furious teams in the National Football League at the numbers of Deshaun Watson's contract because they knew that their guy was coming up and they knew that if Deshaun Watson got those kind of digits, 
they were going to have to pay far more than they ever expected to keep their franchise quarterback. I so agree. they're bitter. They're, they're a little yeah. bitter about I mean, that. In the end, they would have had to pay that much anyway, whether Deshaun Watson, all the other quarterbacks well, were going in that all direction Well, of them that signed after, after Deshaun yeah. were in that neighborhood. None of them yeah. eclipsed his guaranteed dollar. I think but Mahomes they were finally did with his new deal, didn't he? Oh, I didn't see that. Uh, Mahomes signed an extension. Like uh, last let me week. look. I missed it. You, I did. And you guys know what's so crazy about this? There's a lot of storylines. Like, you got Jadavian Clowney coming back. Yeah. You got Odell Beckham Jr. coming Maybe. back. We do. Maybe. If he's going to play. And I thought those two storylines will be bigger than what they are. And we're going to talk about that later yeah. in the show. Like, are they looking for revenge games again? Yeah. We don't know if OBJ is going to play. But Jadavion Clowney certainly left here on bad terms. Yeah, both and of them did. No doubt. You know, one of the things that you have to think is going through his mind is how many times can I get to number four? Yeah. So, you know, and we're going to talk about does that work? Even though they're you? buddies. They are. Yeah. They're friends. Yeah. But you know what happens Sunday yeah. at 1 o'clock. Sure, that Your all friends become enemies. And in terms of the history, I think that's big with, for the fans. I, I don't think the players care about it. No, they, 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 they was born in the yeah. 90s. They don't, yeah. I think for us, if the Browns come out and they win this football game and they win it like the way that they've been playing, especially defensively, it, it's going to have people on steroids. You know how cocky people are going to be going to, in, into a bye week? Yeah. So all you're going to hear for a whole week is people praising you yeah. about how good you are and the Browns are actually here. And then you're going into a game against the 49ers, which is to, if you set that game up, you get the 49ers and you get the Browns, and it's like, wow, that's actually a good game. Now. That's, that's actually a great game. That's actually and if a the Browns do game. win, like yesterday has, and I'm sure a lot of other fans were like, well, the Browns are getting no national recognition. Oh, they will. Well, they're still you beat the, two, no. You you beat the Ravens in the Niners. You beat the Ravens. The Ravens that changes. Yeah, and Just I have Ravens. seen headlines, national headlines. Are the Browns a top five team? Yeah, so they're, people, they're creeping people in. People are into talking it. about the defense, especially. But if you beat the Ravens, you know, once you lose to the Steelers, and when you're always losing to the Steelers and Ravens, it doesn't feel like you're different yet. If yeah. you beat the Ravens, and now you're three and one, and now you got a bye leading up to a huge game with a 49er team that I. I Guess it'll be four and zero. Yeah, know. I'm not sure remember, who they have. Can't this remember week, who they're playing this week offhand. I mean, I don't know that I would underdog them against anybody. Uh, no, I'm, well, yeah. maybe Philly. Philly. Maybe it'd be a pick'em. Kansas City, pick'em. Yeah, well, it depends where the game is. Yeah, you know. we just don't know. We don't know what they right, are right, yet. Right. But but uh, by the way, um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but the Bears and the Broncos, who were the two worst, like put put together two of the worst performances we've ever seen in football last week, yeah. are playing each other this week. Wow. The toilet bowl <laughs> on TV. That's the top. Well, just, well yeah, it'll be televised in, in Denver Williams. and Chicago, but nowhere else. Um, so we've yeah. established what tra- what trash talk isn't. Yeah. Not this. I wanted you guys to dig through your memory banks. Yeah. And see if you could come up with the most egregious, jaw-dropping trash talk you have ever seen in any sport. I mean, does anything come to mind? Well, the for first you guys? thing that comes to mind is. Even though they're my team, the Bengals have done some of the all-time stupid trash talk. Oh, yeah. Say it. I didn't. I don't like trash talking before games. I know. In the game, Sam. when you're battling, right? That's when you trash talk. Sam sure. Weiss. Sam Weiss is I don't all-time. like Sam Weiss. You know, I don't like. Re- but you got A. Jamar Chase. Yep. B. Sam Weiss. But the worst of all was what the, some of the Bengals players said last year about the Chiefs. Yeah. Remember Burrowhead. a couple of, they said Burrowhead and then the dopey mayor of oh Cincinnati. Oh my God, that's right. I mean, I'm like, what are you that. doing that's so stupid? Yeah. I don't I, like I do it. That. I don't like pre-game trash talk. I think it's dumb. The reason There's I, no benefit to it. None. 
There's yeah. nothing good that co- could come out of Jamar Chase talking trash about the Browns. Nothing. He's got to shut the hell up. The reason I think Sam Weiss is so was so big is because first of all, I didn't even know they had the ability to have PA out now in, on the game. Side, in game. That was just so bizarre. I didn't know they handed him a mic like karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, what is, I'm like, what are you I've never say? seen that before. I, that I haven't crazy. seen it. I mean, I've seen coaches gesture to the fans, right. but nothing like that. They hand him a mic. They plug it in. He got this old amp. <laughs> Mr. Microphone. Yeah. He's, and, he was, and he was hot. He was yeah. like, you live, you're, listen, you don't do that. You know, we live in Cleveland. We, we don't live in Cleveland. We live in Cincinnati. And then they cheered. It was like, ah, like he was gladiator or something. <laughs> this is crazy. And he did that in front of everybody. And it was like, it wasn't just a shot to your squad. It was shot to the whole city. Yeah, that was Like, you hoodlums. <laughs> like, like, he said that like it was Cincinnati. It was a whole gated community. But it worked. It, because the one thing Cincinnati fans didn't want to be compared to. Was Cleveland. Was us. Mm. That was hard. And the last snowball had flown that day. <laughs> that was hard. But that, you're right. I, I mean, that was unprecedented stuff. <laughs> that was cra- it's Get crazy. Get Sam the microphone. I, yeah, that's, <laughs> like, where did that what, thing come from? What, how was that plugged you know, in? I, I would, it would have been one thing if, like, the, the referee who was always mic'd right, right, for right, the stadium yeah. would have come over and said, here you go, Sam, yeah, take my little right, right, here. Right, no. And he would have done it that way. That thing dropped out of the sky <laughs> like it was the middle of a fight. Michael Buck. <laughs> hey, let's get right it up. I mean, where does it come from? <laughs> that is so crazy thinking about it now. It is nuts. <laughs> yeah, that was my, the For me, I, most of our audience probably doesn't remember this because yeah. uh, they're too young. Ray Buchanan, who was a defensive back for the Falcons. I remember him. And... Uh, Shannon Sharp, who was a tight end for the Broncos. the Broncos, before that Super Bowl, those two were throwing jabs at one another through the media like I had never seen before, and I can't remember anything since. He, Ray Buchanan called him horse face. Yeah, yeah that was crazy. Uh, and then Shannon Sharp, <laughs> I mean, the horse face was yeah, yeah, funny. That, 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 like it, that. But it just got... Deeply personal they, between those they two. Was the, they was the time that the Falcons was the Dirty Birds. The Dirty Birds, yeah. And and they had Jamal, Jamal was it? Jamal Anderson, Anderson. yeah. And uh, they had nobody. I don't understand how they got to a Super Bowl. I mean, wow. Chandler was the quarterback. De- well, Denver won it. Oh, right. oh, they smoked him, and, and it was and, bad. And Sharp had the better day, for sure, and so he got the last word. But, man, that was... That was crazy. And we talk. Never heard from Buchanan after that. Because wasn't he like a safety or a corner? Yeah, I think he was a safety. I, think, yeah, yeah. I, I, I worked with Ray at ESPN. Yeah, he ended up playing for the Colts too. Off the air about Ray, but. Did he end up playing for the Colts also? I think he did play yeah. for the Colts. Went to Louisville, I want to say. Go ahead. Gee, I got a question for you. You are the consummate Browns believer, a buyer <laughs> into the hype of everything Browns. Jay, you've said many times before the dog pound isn't what it used to be. Right. G, I know you've oh, said no before. There's no debate there. No. You still think the home field advantage in Cleveland is prominent. Roquan Smith had one more comment I did want to touch on, and this one didn't get the notoriety as the I'm going to beat them in front of their wives and kids. But, right. G, I'm curious how you felt his comments on the dog pound. Steve, you can play it. You go in there as the, as the enemy to go take over, and that's our plan uh, to actually go take over. I think they call it the dog pound. I consider myself a dog, so I'm right at home in that place. So I'm excited to get back in there. And I know they're a physical football team, but so are we. Any problem with him saying he's going to feel right at home in the dog pound? Well, listen, here, I, you know, I got, a, I got a, a split feeling on the dog pound. When you look at it, 
um, and, and these dudes, Jake can tell you, um, even I was born in 81. So, you know, me being six, seven years old and when they in their heyday, I really couldn't soak it up and really take it in. But the dog pound back in the day was different. It's nowhere near what it is today. And it's almost disrespectful to still call it that. I like, think it is disrespectful. Well, what's and really I think they bad, find a new name. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like J.W. Johnson, that nitwit, started this whole thing. He, they now refer to the whole stadium as the dog. That pound. ain't it. It's That's not, it's not like it. you don't get it. That's no. not it. Like these, and, and, and it was, and I, and I reached out to some people or whatever because after I did a blog, I did a blog and it did a lot of views, and a lot of those people from that era reached out to me and was just like, listen, when they were sitting in them sections, some of them people was going to work after that, like. There, no, no joke. No, no like, lie. Like literally going to work, work an overnight shift yeah. on a, starting on a Sunday night. Right. Yeah. Just facts. Like they had castles working midnights, and he's like, back then it was just different. Them seats was for the people that was on the ground level. They were it's wooden like, yeah, yeah. They, there they, was no comfort zone. No, it wasn't. He said guys was really having like that was. He said life was tough for those people that sat in those seats. Like them people was paycheck to paycheck. Them people was was scrounging and scrapping all week just to put something on the table because they knew they needed to get that money to go to the Browns game. Right. And so that's where you see that angst and energy level from because they was the people in society that was really, they the common people. They was down. So that was their only time to say, we up now. The, the Browns don't got the best stadium. The Browns don't have the best uniforms. Heck, but you know what? We work hard, and when you come here, we're going to make it hard for you too. And that's what trend, That's what resonated with me so much. I listen, I watched so many Browns games during the summer just being on YouTube, and I'm like, man, it was different. Now it was. it's yeah. it's corporate. Now you kids there, they get, heck, they, get, they show puppies. And, and, <laughs> they show puppies they do. between plays at halftime. Mm-hmm. Like, that ain't what it is about. Like, I don't think it's, it's a – I think winning plays a part in it, too. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't get back there, but I really would love to see Cleveland have a great home field advantage because guess what? Playoff games over a progressive, magical. Play, Absolutely magical. magical. Play, playoff games over at the, at the Rocket Mortgage, them games is loud. It's one of the loudest places out in the NBA, and I just want to see the NBA get, or the NFL. Well, and the if they Browns get to, get to a, play, a home playoff game, yeah. it's been a long time. No, I, but I, I just I was old enough at the time because I was born in '65. So when they were killing it in the mid to late '80s, yeah, I was 12, it. 13, 14 yeah. years old, and I sat I sat in the dog pound four games, and it was different. I remember the first time I sat in the dog pound for a game, I felt like I was in a different city. Because, you know, normally we were up in the regular seats. Right. Mm-hmm. There was one game where the only seat we could get was the dog pound. We went, and I just was like, this is a completely different experience. And it was organic. Imagine if in St. Louis, they still had a Big Mac Playland in left field. Right, right, right. Like, yeah, that happened yeah. organically because... Right. Mark McGuire was hitting home runs up there, and right. it just so it became Big Mac. That's Land. what makes it special but, when you do But yeah. he's not there anymore, and neither is Big Mac Playland. No. Yeah, right. And the dogs that were Minifield and Dixon and that defensive secondary, the ones that labeled themselves dogs, that was organic and real, but we've tried carrying it over generation after generation, yeah. and at that point, 
it's forced, it's tired, it's old, yeah. and it's time to move on. In my agreed, view, you gotta agreed. bring something else. You gotta give something else. Yeah, but you can't force it, as you say. It's got something else. You can't pick a nickname for the defense. No, it's gonna happen. Maybe the Bash brothers are gone too. Whatever. Yeah, when, right. You know, when when in Oakland, McGuire and now they're, face, left. Now they're facing you in uh, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> exactly adult right. games. Facts. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, it's just. I, I love the idea of it originally. Of course. But every time I hear it and see it, and you're right, the whole stadium now is the dog pile. Yeah, that's what nah. doesn't make any sense. Like, look, if we become that rabid, crazy fan base that we were in the late 80s, and there's only one way for that to happen, that's for the team to yeah. take us as deep as that that's team. That's right. But you'll see a fan base emerge that we haven't seen here before. Yep. I, I think the best home field advantage just, you know, I, I'm not going to games in all these stadiums. Yeah. To me, Seattle has the best home field advantage. I mean, yeah. it's just always so. The last week I was watching some of their game. I can't even remember who they were playing now. But there was like two false starts in a row yeah, by the other team. Loud. Always loud. It's so loud and Kansas crazy Kansas City there. is good. Yep. I thought Oakland used to be great. Um, it was a place where – Opposing teams did not want to go. Right. Philadelphia is um, tough. Philadelphia is just tough. Philadelphia hits different, man. I got to tell you, I that is the angriest fan base I have ever seen. And you got ever. And you have to say Pittsburgh, and I hate that. No, but they've got a great fan. But I, don't, I think I Seattle's the best. I would take them. I, I would go Seattle, Kansas City, maybe yeah. a one A. Maybe it's Green good. Bay when they're very good. I saw good this yesterday. Is, is Seattle has led the league in opposing false starts. Every year since 2009. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, a there's a reason stat. for that. <laughs> if there's a stat that can measure the fan base, yes. that's it. They're making it disruptive. And some and of it's probably the, the dynamics of how the stadium is built. It could and just be. the way the noise stays yeah. in there. I used to hate the old Houston Astrodome. Like when we yeah, that to, could get cooking. when the Browns wanted to play the Oilers, I just they just always seem to not play as well. I'm like, I don't like this. Man. Yeah, that was see so when I think of the man. Astrodome, I think of the second Bad News Bears movie. Uh, I do too, <laughs> absolutely. By Bob Watson comes out, it's like let the kids play. Yeah, that was so good. <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna move on to our next topic. Before we do that, I want to remind you that. Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use, and all it takes is to head over to Jace.com, fill out a simple online form, and get ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment-related questions, doctors created, doctor-recommended. And if you use promo code LOCKEDON at JaceMedical.com, you get $20 off, and hopefully it can help you save up to $360 in totality. That is Jace, J-A-S-E, Medical.com. Guys, we saw a glimpse of it on Sunday, what a Nick Chubbless Browns offense will look like. I don't know. Is there a better way to say it than Nick Chubbless? sounds funny, a Nick yeah. Chubbless. Chubbless. I have a joke. Should I say it? Go ahead. Nah, actually, probably not. Don't do it. Yeah, yeah I won't. I won't. Uh, but we saw what an offense with Deshaun Watson as the fancy looks like without Nick Chubb in the rotation. Do you think anything we've seen from that game or anything in the past – Gives you confidence that you know what it'll look like moving forward, or do you think what we see on Sunday might be really the first time anyone has actually seen what this offense without I, Nick Chubb will look like? I don't think there's any way to predict for sure. We know the running game won't be as good because you just can't replace Nick Chubb. I don't care who you put in there. Right. It's not going to be as good. It what They didn't run the ball very well last week. They didn't need to really because they threw the ball really well. But there will come a game again – even if Deshaun Watson is back to Houston, Deshaun Watson, yeah. if we're lucky enough and that's happened, there'll still be a game or two or three where they're going to need to run the ball well. Yeah. We don't know if they're capable <laughs> of that right now. I think that's fair. We could hope. We could, you know, guess. 
But I, it, it, we haven't seen it, so I don't know yet. Uh, and I think they'll be tested these next couple of weeks again. You know, Baltimore's defense, I don't know where their ranks are through three games. Their defense is, you know, good but not great, I think. San Francisco's got a great defense, so, you we'll know. We'll find out. Yeah. G? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I don't think it's – to me, it's not much, so much of, of the, the gaudy yards and try, the yardage. I think it's about the attempts and, and trying to establish it. I, I, I think it's important – that during the game, if you saw the flow that the, the Browns, you know, had last week, it wasn't just let's go five wide and go up top. It no, they was, ran it a lot. They, they ran the ball yeah. a lot. And I think if you establish that, I think it'll it, it'll make it easier for Deshaun Watson to, to ease into the game plan that they want to do. Like we said, I think they are using uh, Elijah Moore as a hit in the short throws to him as an extension of the run game. I think you'll still see a lot more of that going forward. But I do think you, you have to run Jerome Ford. And by, by the way, Jerome Ford has not played bad. Two, not. Uh, two touchdowns last, last week. He didn't have the production yardage, but two touchdowns caught the ball out of the backfield. He had almost 100 yards against the Steelers. Um, I think, you know, if you can get, I don't know if Kareem, Kareem Hunt is is going to be up to speed like he went. I, I I knew he'd probably be a little banged up because Kareem. Expected that. Yeah, Kareem, he's on the injury report already. You're right. Yeah. You, you just don't show up and go play in the NFL game. No. That, that yes. don't happen. Um, but no, I think it's the attempts and um, keeping it you know manageable. It's easy for everybody to say that, but trust me, like I don't, I still don't believe that any quarterback can get back there and throw it 50 times consistently. It's just too much bad stuff that can go down. Yeah, I think I, I want to piggyback on your point. How, we don't know. We've seen four quarters of Deshaun Watson in a Browns uniform without Nick Chubb on the field. We know well, technically la- six because he got hurt. In the- you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we know that with Nick Chubb on the field. Deshaun wasn't lighting it up. Mm-hmm. I'm being kind. He was 30th. 31st in some of the quarterback metrics. He was bad. He was bad. (laughs) Now we've got a short sample size, very small, with Nick Chubb not on the field. And Deshaun Watson has looked completely different. Completely different. Lights out. I couldn't explain that any easier than I could explain how Baker Mayfield's production went through the roof when Odell Beckham Jr. wasn't on the field. That doesn't make sense. Sometimes you can have in sports addition by subtraction. I think it's rare and nobody ever would have voluntarily said, let's take our best running, our best football player on offense off of the field and just see what happens. But something crazy happened and perhaps it's this. Deshaun Watson's a rhythm quarterback. He wants to get the ball and go. And the Browns have even said, Jason alluded to this earlier this week, you might start to see them run a hurry-up package just because Deshaun feels more comfortable in that offense, in that rhythm. I'll equate it to a pitcher. Last night, I watched Shane Bieber. And during the telecast, Rick Manning made a comment about how the pitch clock has so helped Shane Bieber. Now, he's 6-6, six and six, and he had a terrible season because he was injured. But last night, he looked like Shane Bieber. He had a one-hitter through like five or six innings. What he was doing was getting the ball and going. Go, go, go. And Manning even said, guys used to disrupt Bieber by stepping out of the box and calling for time because they could, and they knew it bothered him. They can't do that now. Right. And he's just getting the ball, go, go, go. And I think Deshaun Watson 
is going to work better in that kind of a system. And also, not having the cloud over his head that we've got to get Chubb involved because he's Nick Chubb. That is no longer there. Yeah. And was it an anomaly? Is it a sign of things to come? I think we'll find out in the coming weeks. But to your point about there's going to be a time, I said this on Monday, Yeah. there is going to be times this year where we look down that bench and say, gosh, we need number 24 right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, and maybe, you know, listen, who knows? Maybe Watson would have had a breakout this week even even with Chubb. We'll never, we don't know. We'll, we'll never, never know that for right. sure. We'll never is know. it coincidence or is there something to it? In the Odell case, you know, the Odell case is is different than, than Nick Chubb in terms of Odell was being a pain in the butt. He was. Nick Chubb's certainly not a pain in the never. butt. Never. So yeah. that that's pull, a factor there. The one thing that I was thinking about, though, is if you're an opposing defense and you're coming into week four against the Browns, as you're game planning, 24 is not on your mind. So you would think that defenses now no longer have to put seven or eight guys in the box. Right. So now that gives them the ability to drop more guys in coverage, thus making things more difficult for Watson to find open receivers. Right. But he... He threw the ball with pinpoint accuracy. Right. Even when guys were covered. Yeah. He, you he would, upped right. his game. You, you would think the defense would be more focused on the passing game. Right. And, and it would be harder to pass. Now, the Titans happen to be a team that's really good against the run and really bad against the pass. Yes. So, we'll see if that changes as the weeks go by. But you would think that. You'd think as, as an offense now or as a defense, your, your first priority was Nick Chubb. Now it's Watson the Cooper. That's right. what you're most worried about sure. when it comes to the Browns. And, yeah. and they're doing a good job of, of just moving in chains. Like, you know, a lot of what football is, is and I know it's, it's kind of simplified, but it's, it's third downs. It's, hey, it's third and four. They can run anything. <laughs> Anything's cut. You can run. You can run a screen, run a draw. You can run, run your, you can go, 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 uh, uh, you know, you can put two tight ends in the game. You can go in. The playbook's wide open. It's wide open. Yeah. So if the Browns consistently, and which it was encouraging, is they're starting to mirror the offensive game with the defensive game. One thing that gets you playing more free is the fact that, all right, on offense, I don't necessarily have to go to a specific person. They don't know where I'm going. I'm, right. I can spread around anywhere I want. Right. And on top of that, defensively, I know I got a stellar defense. So now I know. I don't have to take certain chances. I don't have to take certain risky chances over the middle of the field. I can say, all right, well, I'm going to count on my dude to, to make a catch and, and probably run for two or three more yards. And you play into the strengths of your team. Think about that That is for Deshaun Watson being like, you know what? You know what? We, we just gonna play. Uh, we just gonna play ball control here a little bit. We are gonna try to move these chains and understanding that Miles Garrett and the rest of them dudes is is causing problems on the other field. That's big. And let me throw something out there. I don't know. I'm just throwing this out there. You never know. Maybe there was something with the combination of Watson and Chubb that when Nick Chubb was on the field, there was some sort of tell that the defense was picking up on where they occasionally or, or always, I don't know, had a better idea of whether the Browns were running or throwing. You never know. You see that in baseball. A guy has to tell sure. when he throws a curveball or yeah. whatever it might be. I, I'm just throwing stuff out there. I have no idea. But maybe that was a possibility. Maybe there was something to Deshaun Watson's body language when he was handing off it. I mean, you never know. There's probably guys that study everything and pick up on something. Who knows? And maybe that, and maybe Nick Chubb is just so damn good that even when they knew he, they were running, he was able to overcome it to some degree. 
Who knows? Yeah. That's probably out there a little bit, but you, you never Again, know. Again, the, the Titans' defensive backfield is, if not the worst one in the NFL now after week three. You want to hear something crazy about the Titans' back, uh, defensive backs? Yeah. Sean Murphy Bunting, who got called for two penalties in my mind. He gave the deep pass to DPJ, which is yep. a perfect pass. He had an 89 PFF that's, grade, that's which, stupid. once again, I know we always let kind of look at PFF grades in a, what are they looking at versus what's the eye test showing? They he, graded high, he but He was they're... responsible for three horrible plays for the Titans. I agree. Maybe get, more, yeah. but at least three. I didn't get that one. And he grades out at an 89. I do have a theory on Watson I want to kind of throw out to you guys. And I mentioned this on Behind the Glass last night. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out. But in Houston, Deshaun never had a running game. Right. Like, never had a consistent running game. He led the team in rushing one of the four years and was one of their top two rushers in each of his four seasons there. He had weapons. DeAndre Hopkins was there, left, then he had Cooks and, and Will Fuller. But there's something about an elite Uber competitor when they know, put the team on my back. Absolutely. It's, it's on me. Absolutely. And I do think Deshaun at Clemson had a little bit of that. It was molded and developed even more in Houston when he was the focal point. He was the guy in the offense. And it, this is not a knock on Nick Chubb whatsoever. But when he came here, it was him and Chubb. They always had that secondary option. And now without Nick Chubb, something to that, Mike. it I, could be that Deshaun is, in a good way, feeling a little more pressure to know, I got to make things happen for this offense because we don't have the best running back yeah. in football standing by and my side. And that's what the elite players are able to do. They're able to assess the situation, look around and say, it's on me now. Yeah. I've got to stand up and I've got to make something happen. And by the way, there was criticism of Watson playing poorly last year, but it was whispers. After the Week 2 loss to Pittsburgh, those whispers turned into screams. That's right. We heard them on the national media. We had plenty of them here in Cleveland. Deservedly so. I was extremely hard on him. You were extremely hard on him. We know that he's got rabbit ears. We know that he's listening to all of this nonsense. And maybe that was the tipping point. And he finally said, you know what? I'm sick of this. I'm sick. I'm, I'm, maybe he put in extra film work. I don't know. Maybe there's just some sort of freedom mentally of not having to worry about getting the ball to Nick Chubb. Right. Because you're not worried about how many touches Jerome Ford is getting. No, you're Nobody's not. worried about that. Yeah. You, you, you have to kind of I, – I, I, I take things all and I kind of dismantle them. You have, first of all, people forget, you know, he talked about not even wanting to be in a cold-weather city, remember? Right. So they talked about, so he wanted to play. All the other teams was Atlanta and New Orleans and Miami. Dome teams are hot teams. He went to the exact opposite of that, right? So there was After a, saying no to that. After saying no the first time. That's when Haslam stepped up yeah. and wrote the check. So he like, okay, I got to get used to that. You're in a new city. And then it's not like he came in and, and, and had this, this situation where there was nobody at quarterback. He came in and it was a huge personality at quarterback that was still here. And people still was like, no, we could we could roll with the other guy. So he was not beloved. He was not it wasn't like he had too many people embracing him. And then you throw all the other national stuff on it. It was almost like, all right, well, the stuff got so loud. I think that he, he, last week he just said, listen, man, I ain't I ain't trying to fit in no more. I'm going to not fit in. I'm going to just do me like like when you try to fit in so much 
and you try to take a backseat to Nick Chubb and you just want to fit in, you just want people to like you, sometimes you compromise what makes you a competitor. And sometimes you got to be yeah. like, look, man, I just got to go out here and throw this football like I know how. But all this stuff we're saying only holds if he continues to play well. You're right. It, it, yeah. Was it an anomaly or right. was it a pattern? I want to I ask Mikey to do something while we're talking here. I was extremely critical of Deshaun's social media presence and usage, particularly when there were media outlets, national media outlets, that thought they had connected dots between Deshaun and a burner account, a fake account. Now, they they didn't present any evidence to me whatsoever, other than (laughs) the fact that the handle was Gainesville's own or whatever. He's from Gainesville, Georgia. Um, and it, the, the account was created, or at least the first tweet from this account came shortly after the game against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. That's not enough evidence for me. Yeah. I, I didn't see any right, smoking right. gun whatsoever. I saw a lot of speculation and supposition. But I, for one, said Deshaun needs to put his thumbs away. No more social media use. McNuggets, what has his traction been like his posts on Instagram and Twitter, because those are the two that he uses more than any, right? Of Deshaun or of the alleged Of Deshaun burner? Watson. I mean, since September 10th, he has retweeted a bunch of happy birthday tweets from fans, from Browns-related accounts. I mean, original posts. Uh, I don't believe any. Interesting. Hold on. Let me confirm. At least on Twitter. I'll check Instagram in a second. I think he's more active on Instagram. Yeah, he is. I'm looking through his Twitter. He has not posted anything himself hmm. in two and a half weeks, three weeks. Hmm. That's interesting. I'm trying to find the last one. Hold on. The last one he posted was after their first win on September 10th. That was the last time he posted anything okay. that wasn't just a retweet. I'll I, check now, Instagram. I don't know that he's made a conscious decision, or is this just coincidence? I know normally he doesn't go those stretches without some sort of social media post. Maybe the Browns got to him and said, look, too many distractions. Do yourself a favor. We're strongly recommending you put that stuff away. You're a free man. You can do whatever you want. But we don't think it's doing anything to make you a better football. I don't know that this happened. I'm just spitballing. I'm just guessing. But I think if that were the case, that would be a good thing for him. Don't look at it either. I got your Instagram stuff real quick if you want. Go ahead. So he posted after the win. He posted a, a win post with his teammates. It was his birthday a few days later. He posted a couple birthday posts. After week one, right? Yeah, his birthday was the 14th. Right. He posted a video of him working out with his personal trainer. Yep. He posted a video from his new, I don't know if it's a podcast or what it is, but it's on Lockerverse, him and Quincy Avery, but a clip from that. And then he posted a picture three days ago with pictures from the Titans game saying, on to the next. Okay. See, for, see for me, I, I don't, listen, I, I don't care nothing about it. You know why I don't care nothing about it? Live your life. Like, you know, you got one life to live. You Like, to me, when you look at social media, whatever the case it is, you can, that can go for any one of us. You, people got a lot of followers. You can either tweet a bunch or you can be like, all right, I'm going to stop. I'm going to be done tweeting and, and, and chill out. Everybody has to have that that filter where they're like, okay, let me lock in. LeBron do the same thing. LeBron a tweet and retweet, he retweet wine, and then he gets to the playoffs. He say, I'm going zero dark 30. For me, I think one of the things is, if that's an expression that you want to make, and that's an expression that you want to have as a person, you're entitled to it. 
The only thing I'm looking at you is saying is is I want that the numbers, and so that's all that matters. That's G. all. If you if you hit that you hit them numbers, it don't matter if you want to have Twitter, Facebook, uh, and an Instagram party and have people come through. All we want is them numbers, and so my thing is. I know Deshaun Watson is going to put the work in behind the scenes because the way he talks about the game. That's why I think, to my point, what I was saying earlier is he just said, screw it. I'm just going to be myself. Like, if you be yourself, and Coach Prime says this a lot, if I'm going to be myself and that make you uncomfortable, then that's on you. I'm just, I can only do what I can do. And, and I'm seeing him play freer clear he ain't trying to do it like like I saw Clemson Deshaun Watson right there because like it, it, the, the celebration the exuberance the, the the excitement and sometimes when you lose something like a Nick Chubb or you lose it you say okay well I gotta be the energy for the team I gotta have that energy because they could have came out there and got smoked that Tennessee Titans game was a trap game. You got beat at Pittsburgh. You had all them face mask penalties. People was writing you off. Your best players going for the year. That was a game where the Cleveland Browns was set up to get smoked. And they came out and flipped the script. That showed me he had a little look. He, 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 he's, he's getting back to being the old guy that says it don't matter what's happening. Just put it on me. I, I think when it comes to social media, you know, we all want to impose maybe our beliefs on what people we do should do. Yeah, and that's not fair. And that's not fair. You know, you you're you and I are older. We're in our 50s. Yeah, you know, he's 25, 26, right? He may be rich. He may be famous. He may have people saying horrible things to him. But, you know, I, but if it gives him play, you know, we say, well, what's the benefit of social media? Maybe it gives him pleasure to put out the videos to for his fans, the people that like him. And sure. maybe he doesn't read the comments or doesn't read, you know, maybe he has somebody that filters them for him. I, I think when the, the player's playing well and the team's winning, none of us, we, we don't care about any of that stuff. No. You know, they could be. But when you're losing, it's a problem. Right. Then we're, we bring up all these things, sure. right? You know, like it was like, it was like with Baker, you know, Baker was very arrogant. He was doing all this cocky stuff. When he's winning, y'all, you love it. Look at that cocky baby. When he's losing, it's like, why the hell is he doing that crap? Right. And th- and we do that with all players, and it's really unfair. But you know, that's part of the beast. The reason players make so much money, and the reason there's so much talk about, is because it's so popular, and so we talk about it a lot. And that's yeah. the, the and, downside. And for you it said a bit. you said something right there. I don't yeah. want to be ju- like I'm 42. I may look young and act young. Yeah. I like jewelry and dumps. I like rap music, and I'll play video games like. But one thing you said, you got to take in consideration. These guys guys are in their 20s. These dudes is 28, 27. Look how many years we had to have experiences to know what we should be doing or not doing. Let me fall. I still be doing stuff as I shouldn't even did that. I can't even imagine, G. Like, I'm thinking back to when I was, like, 25. If I had been famous and rich, and when I was with with my mental capacity when I was 25, I probably would have gotten in so much trouble. <laughs> I'd have been dead in jail. I'm so, going to keep it real. I think most I mean, of us would have, boy. Yeah, I mean, so. I, 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 I thank my lucky stars all the time. There oh wasn't social media God. when I was 20. Oh! 
right? I did some crazy stuff in my 20s. Yep, so did Can I. you imagine Jay in the bar when he was 26? Oh it God. wasn't a pretty sight. Hey, no. man, he was in there selling dreams. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of these guys grew up in the social media age. That's all they've known their yeah, entire right. lives. I mean, yeah, that's right. And let's face yeah, it, social media is addictive. Yeah, it it's is. addictive. Oh, there's no question it is. It is no there's doubt. No, there's absolutely no question it is addictive. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on real quick. Before we do that, I want to remind you guys that after Monday's regularly programmed show, we are headed to Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse for an extra two hours of UCS content, a live show from Cavs Media Day. Brad Sellers making his triumphant return from Cavs Media Day. Jason will also join us in a plethora of Cavalier players. We'll be stopping by the UCSS set. we got our own set they set us up with. Shout out to the Cavs for hooking us up. Two to four on the UCSS YouTube channel. That is next Monday after our regular Ravens reaction. By the way, show. Mike's face in that picture. Can we bring that back for a second, Steve? Is that possible? Oh, we can. Mike's face in that picture looks like Brad just farted and Mike was like, oh, and then had to quickly put on a smile. <laughs> He's been eating cabbage. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, guys, I wanted to ask you guys this. The status for Odell Beckham Jr., he's still questionable. He's not practiced this week. He's right. more likely than not not going to play. Jadavian Clowney will be playing. He had some uh, choice words as he left Cleveland last year. That relationship did not end on the highest of notes. He is a guy, though, who has stepped up and played his best games when he's motivated. I feel like he'll be motivated on Sunday. Are you guys worried about any revenge game factor for Mr. Jadavian Clowney come Sunday? No, I, I, I think Jadavia and Clowney, speaking of talk, tra uh, trash talk, should be worried about Miles Garrett. He's lucky he doesn't play offense. Remember, Jadavia and Clowney had some not nice things to say kind of about Miles Garrett when he went out the door. Some it very was, not nice things. Yeah, it wasn't just about Joe Woods. And, of course, Jadavia and Clowney tried to make it seem like it had nothing to do with Miles Garrett, but it did. And we know this about Miles Garrett. He doesn't, he's like an elephant. He doesn't he, forget. He does not forget. He is going to remember that, and I think he's I think he's going to take it out on Jadavion's teammates in this one. I, I think this is facts. I think I, I think when you look at Miles Garrett, he believes that A, Zadarius Smith is a better player. Um, and I know he would agree that Zadarius Smith is more importantly a better teammate. Um, you know, according to people around Miles Garrett. You know, Jadavion Clowney wasn't a guy that was all really bought into the D line. They would have functions. He might not, he may not show up. It wasn't coming to those things. Even when they were courting him, they were texting each other. Jadavion Clowney was wasn't really receptive or texting back. He was just basically a loner. Gee, and, when you played in college, mm -hmm. I'm sure you was a D line group. Yeah, did some hanging out together. Oh right? no, no, that's the offensive line and the defensive line. And they, if one guy was like. Half the time not showing up. What would you think about that? No, it wasn't no. You, they didn't have no choice. You just pulled up on them. Like, hey, right. listen, come on over here. Like, yeah. or, or or I don't got a ride today. And we used to even have it where if the young dudes was on campus, and because we stayed off campus, if the young dudes was on in the dorms, we go pick them up. Right, right. If right. you ain't had no money, we all pitched in. Like, like, so it wasn't no not showing up. Everybody right. had to show up. So. And so when you look at the Browns defensive front. The fun, the thing that that I I love the most is that Darius Smith had ten sacks last year. He was the man on his defensive line. Right. He doesn't have any sacks this year. But when you watch the tape, he's been close 10, 12 times, and you can tell when somebody be close and be like, "Oh man, I'm mad because I ain't getting it." He's always shouting out his other people. He's always clapping right. it up. Always putting. It. See that 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 makes the whole defensive line want to go after people. 
and Clowney was standoffish, and, and some people will call him a mercenary or some sort, but Clowney has never... He had, he's never really found a home like that. He had J.J. Watt. You're right about that. J.J. Watt, he was like, okay. He went to Tennessee, right? And he, they played on a great defensive line. We talked about the sixth man or the 12th man of Seattle. Played with some other great guys, great right? traditional defense. Didn't really stick there. And I thought he came here and you got Miles Garrett. I thought it was going to be a, a, a situation where they played off each other. Yeah. But sometimes you don't know if somebody's yeah. happy for you. That's right. <laughs> and to be fair... His first year here, Clowney played pretty well. Great. He played very yeah. well. Great. Nine and a half sacks or something. Yeah. Great. But, but last you year used he was a word, mercenary, that I think perfectly defines him throughout his career. He's been that guy who, to me, is playing for numbers. He's trying to roll a huge sack number so he can get paid. Yeah. And there are other guys, and I think Zadarius Smith's a perfect example of that. There are other guys that fit well into the team framework mm -hmm. and understand that you don't have to get to the quarterback to be appreciated and to get paid. Obviously, that's the home run when you get to him. But you can hit a triple yeah. by forcing a quick throw that leads to an interception. That doesn't show up necessarily in the biggest stat category because it's, it's a pressure or it's a hurry. But I feel like in Clowney's case, he was always going for the home run, sometimes to the detriment of his team, and it was always, it always to me felt like he was chasing the paycheck. And, and to me, I, I don't think you can have an all-time great defense if you do have mercenaries. It's too hard to play defense in the NFL, especially with the rules dictated towards the offense. If you want an all-time great defense, you got to actually like the people you hang with. You got to actually, you got to actually love, like even in the back end. You notice, you notice Greg Newsom is all the way bought in. Remember, we under we we talked about it I'm all summer. I'm not playing the slot corner. I ain't playing that. I ain't yep. doing that. You see how that kind of permeates. Now, how many yeah. times did he say he hear Jadavian Clowney say that? Sure. I ain't playing on third down. I'm gonna just play. Now, over where here. is he? I and, think you can G bring in a mercenary, but you can't bring in a mercenary to a, a group that's not good already. Yes. Like remember when the Rams traded for Von Miller? Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. Like. Well, Von, and Von Miller's a, a much better player, but, like, that defense was established. They yes. were and good. And he bought into the team concept. Right. And he was I'm not sure that Jadavion, and, and he proved this at the end of the year, he wasn't worried about team numbers, wins. No. He was worried about his personal sack number, and he felt he couldn't get any because the defensive coordinator right. was playing to the other right. guy. So, yeah. So, he, he was refusing to go in. Newsom was complaining about the slot. That, that's the signs of a lot of problems it right is. there. And right. to back up both points, Darius Smith actually called himself a mercenary this offseason. He wanted out of Minnesota because they weren't going to be able to pay him what he wanted, and he said he wanted a chance to excel on a great defense. We get one more contract. He said, I'm a mercenary in this business. Comes to Cleveland, and to G's point, or I guess more to, to Bull's point, you can have a mercenary if everyone else is bought in. Right. They'll eventually buy into the rest of the yes. culture. As long as he you buys into it. You can't have a bunch it. of mercenaries because then they're all no, out for themselves. No, then they're all on separate That's programs right. and you got 11 individuals and not one group. This defense is a group. It and, definitely and, feels that And Jim that Shore way. said it earlier. And he's, Jim Shore said, if you go out and play, what's valuable to, what's valuable to us, we'll see. I, it ain't it ain't like you just got to go out. All you need is 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 for the people in house to see what you can do and what you what they have you do, and you can still get a contract and not have crazy numbers. That it's happened a lot. So there's there's a lot of people who believe you got to get big numbers, go somewhere else. And I always say, man, listen, 
you might want to go to the prom with the girl that want to go with you. Don't don't be looking around for the, the girl <laughs> down the street. Like that can end up bad. I'm just go with stick with what you got you here. And if Zazaria Smith, he on a one year contract, and Mari Cooper, they keep talking about how he ain't gonna get paid, and I keep telling them, y'all better There's watch not out. A single player on defense for the Browns right now that I can think of that I would say is playing below my expectations for them. Nope. Not one. I can't there's, think of a guy. There's only one for me, Ooh. and he hasn't even played yet. But Siaka Ika has been a healthy scratch three weeks in a row, or two yeah. weeks in a row. But I honestly had no expectations for but, him. Well, he so. was on our 32 and 32 list, and they played two predominantly run-heavy teams. They drafted him to stop the run. He hasn't yeah, suited up as a healthy scratch. We know so. your list was bad, and you embarrassed <laughs> yourself yeah, you by putting him on. You kind of exposed your list. Well, yeah. But I'm saying, I had expectations, and we didn't know really what I think Anthony had him eighth on the list. <laughs> <laughs> But outside of him, and that's not even really fair to him because he, he hasn't played. He just has been a healthy scratch. Well, you, you but know, I, I have personally had no expectations. So, so what no. happened was, this is the funny thing. Yeah. Then what happened was, they found out how good Miles Garrett was at stand-up three technique. They found out that Zadarius Smith is a three technique. They said, listen, why would he even put these dudes in here? We don't, we don't need to rotate them. We got Miles Garrett. Like... We gonna redshirt you. That's the we. I, Shel, where's Shelby? Uh, have we seen him a lot? No, no, we haven't. You're right. right maybe he's no. Help, help, Shelby's played more than you think. Has he? How many snaps? I, 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 I'll tell you the snap count in one sec. But I also have a phenomenal quote for you guys. Can I read it read for real quick? Yes. Miles Garrett, and then we have a Didi coming up. Uh, I was checking some reaction from the Tennessee side to the game last Sunday, and this is a quote from a Nashville newspaper. The Titans' offense was that of, an, that of an FCS team playing at Georgia on Sunday. It badly needs left guard Peter Skaronsky back. The Titans might need to do something about left tackle Andre Dillard as well. Although, he immediately improved as a player on Sunday evening <laughs> simply by boarding a plane and getting thousands of miles away from Miles Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> that is a that direct is a quote, quote from a <laughs> that was yeah, improved player. Well, that is well good luck because now he's got to go against Trey Hendrickson this yeah, week. Not well, gonna get much obviously easier. not as good as Miles Garrett, but still, he's still up there. No, no. picnic. Yeah. Dude, hey, no rest for uh, the weary. Can you check on something for me, Mike? I went. I tried I to will. find the Gainesville zone, the alleged burner account of Deshaun Watson. And it's a different account now. And I'm wondering, mm-hmm. did whoever start that account delete it? And it looks to me like someone, now that that name is available, took that name again. Because the Gainesville own, Gainesville's own account is not the account that was tweeting at all of the... It, it's got 11 followers. Make Gainesville's own great again. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I will look into that. <laughs> By uh, the I way, I mean, it's almost like that burner account disappeared. I will See look into it. you can find it. I will. And we have a burner account. We have a perfect guest coming in where I can dip out for one second okay. and okay, get to it. But before we bring Aditi in, guys, we have a post-game show. Every two-minute warning. No. 17 weeks of the season. G. Bush, Earl, myself. Yeah. Yeah. Reaction. Celebration. Therapy. Whatever you need. We got it for you. It starts with a two-minute warning. That continues this week after the Browns-Ravens game.